Welcome to this message from Alpha and Omega Ministries International. We value the Word of God as an instrument of growth in our lives, using it to mend our ways, align our thinking, and ultimately bring restoration. We trust that you will be blessed and encouraged by what we have to share. to talk about how to release the supernatural power of God in order to work in our situation and bring us the miracle that we might need, whether it's a physical or spiritual or financial miracle. So the title of my message this afternoon is Releasing the Supernatural. Releasing the Supernatural and we will look at one verse of scripture that is found in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5. I would like you to read that from your own Bibles. I'm reading, of course, from the New Living Translation, or rather the New King James Version. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. This is a very well-known verse of scripture to Bible scholars. This is what the wisdom of Solomon says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. So let me read that once more because I forgot to press the recording button. So I don't want uh, those who are watching the video to miss anything. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And this conference will now be recorded. Lean not on your own understanding. In this one verse of scripture, we find the key to unlocking and releasing God's supernatural power to work on our behalf and deliver the miracle we need at the time. God's word is full of wisdom. It is full of power. When the word of the Lord is believed from our heart and applied into our lives, it releases God's miraculous ability so that we may be able to do what is not possible. In our session today, I want to teach what it means for us to trust God with all of our heart and not to lean unto our own understanding or our own natural intelligence. I'm going to highlight a major flaw in our belief system and hopefully we will expose together a lie by sharing truth from the Word of God. Many say they trust in the Lord, but in reality, they are relying more on their own understanding rather than putting their trust in God and His Word. And I believe that the only thing that will take us through crisis and we will come out 
victorious and triumphant on the other side is when we fully trust in the living God who according to his word always causes us to triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm not just talking about this worldwide crisis that we are facing with COVID-19 and of course all of its implications, but every kind of crisis we might be going through, whether it's financial, physical, emotional, relational, or even a spiritual crisis. The Word of God has the solution for every crisis and every challenge that the believer might be going through. I'm not referring to just empty words of trust, but living and tangible trust, which is tested and proved by actions. We often say we trust in God, but our actions very often reveal the opposite. And there is a contradiction between what we say and what we do. James says that living faith or trust in God without actions is dead. And listen to what James teaches in James chapter 2, verse 14 through to 17. James 2, 14 through to 17, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or a sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day, stay warm and eat well, but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds or actions, it is dead and useless. So as you can see here from what we just read, James says we need to prove that we trust God with our actions and not just with empty words. Now, let me give you some biblical examples of people who trusted God with all of their heart and refused to lean unto their own understanding. And these folk that I'm going to be sharing with you, they proved their trust with their actions and not just with their words. As a result, of course, they saw they experienced, they witnessed God's miraculous power working on their behalf and setting them free from whatever they were facing. Now, let's look at, first of all, the actions of Abraham when he was told to go up to the mountain and sacrifice his only son, the very son whom God promised that through him he would bless all the families of the earth. I'm sure you know the story. Those of you, even you've learned that at, in the Sunday school. Now, we see here that because Abraham did not lean on his own understanding, but trusted God with all of his heart, he followed through with actions. He went up the mountain 
and he was ready to do what God commanded him to do. We see here that Abraham didn't listen to his own logic or intelligence, which of course opposed his obedience to the word of God, denied his own understanding, and followed through in obedience to the will of God. One of the greatest enemies to our faith is our natural understanding. Sometimes God will tell us to do things that are completely irrational or illogical. We, when we rely on our own understanding, we just can't figure it out. But God knows best. And this is where the verse of Scripture comes into play, where we are told by the Lord to trust in God with all of our heart and to stop leaning on our own understanding. And of course, what was the result? Listen to what the Lord said to Abraham in response to his obedience. He said, by myself I have sworn, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply you and your descendants will be as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. You see here, God said to Abraham, because you did not lean on your own understanding, but you trusted me with all of your heart, this is how I'm going to reward your faith. Well, the Lord is no respecter of persons. The Lord is saying the same thing and rewards the same way all those who fully trust in the Lord and prove their trust with their actions of obedience. God's heart, according to the scriptures, he delights in those who fully trust him. Nothing pleases the Lord more than trusting him with all of our heart. God gets pleasure out of our trust. And they prove those that trust him with all of the heart, not just with empty words, but of course with actions, as you saw in the life of Abraham. Now, let's look at another example from 1 Kings chapter 17. Elijah is instructed by the Lord in the midst of a severe famine to go to Zarephath, a city in Sidon, to a widow who would feed him during the drought and take care of him. In the meantime, at the same time, God commands this poor widow to feed and take care of the man of God. Scripture says that God commanded the widow to provide for Elijah. And sure enough, Elijah leaves the borders of Israel, goes to Zarephath, he comes to the widow's house, knocking on her door, seeking food and water. For a moment, the widow goes through a battle, a struggle between trusting God and doing what he commanded her to do and her own understanding, arguing with her to hold back and not to give the prophet what he asked for. And here, Elijah encourages her not to fear, but to obey God and give him the first portion of her last meal. 
And that's what men of God ought to do. They ought to encourage us, no matter what we're going through, to obey the Word of God. That is where our salvation and our miracle is. Obey the Word of God, no matter how irrational, no matter how foolish it seems to you. Obey and trust the Lord. There's a beautiful song that we used to sing years back while I was yet in Zimbabwe. Trust and obey, for there is no other way to be blessed. Trust and obey. And um, I, I don't know, we don't sing it anymore, but that was one of my favorite songs. So Elijah encourages this widow. She only has one meal left. And he encourages her to give him the first portion. You see, it's easy to give when you have plenty. Amen. But it's very difficult to give when what you have is your last. Many will give out of their abundance, but only a handful of people will give out of the lack of poverty. Fear will always cause us to draw back and listen to reason, listen to logic, listen to our own understanding. And in doing so, we forfeit God's miraculous and supernatural intervention from coming into our situation and giving us the victory. Thank God the widow did not lean on her own understanding but she trusted God with all of her heart and did what the Lord commanded her to do in the first place. That one single act of obedience, that one single act of trust, rescued her and her son, as well as the prophet, from certain death. The Bible says that all three of them were sustained by a miraculous provision from the Lord, as the jar of oil did not run dry, nor the bowl of flour was depleted until the Lord sent rain on the earth. And scripture tells us that many people died during that severe drought. But Elijah was sent to this widow because I believe this widow had an open heart to receive the word of the Lord and to act upon what God had told her to do. And that single act of trust rescued her. And I believe many of us would be rescued from many things, many challenges and difficulties, if we stop listening to our own intelligence and our own understanding and putting into practice the Word of God, day in and day out. What would have happened if the widow leaned on her own understanding as opposed to obeying the Lord. She would have died of hunger. Her son would have died of hunger. She even said so when Elijah asked her for bread. In 1 Kings 17 and verse 12, she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar, and see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. See, she was ready to die. That was the last meal. No rain. Severe drought and famine throughout the land. 
but her act of obedience because she trusted God, she obeyed God, and that brought in God's miraculous provision in her life. No matter what crisis I believe or challenges we are facing, and we face all sorts of challenges in life, some are small, some are greater, God always gives us a way of escape if we are willing to trust him with all of our heart. We can live, I believe, above the corruption in this world and escape the curse which rests upon the unbelieving world if we are willing to trust God with all of our heart and obey him. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 tells us, we all experience tests and times of testing, which is normal for every human being. And each test is an opportunity to trust God more, for along with every trial, God has provided for you a way of escape that will bring you out of it victoriously. That is the promise of God. He is faithful. He will not allow us to be tested, the Bible says, above what we are able to bear. But with the temptation, God always, with the test, with the trial, he always makes a way of escape. And the way of escape is to trust him with all of our heart and obey what he tells us. Now, let's look at another widow's example of fully trusting in the Lord without leaning on her own understanding. And this incident took place in the New Testament. We're leaving the Old Covenant now and we come into the New Covenant. And we read in Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, the story of the widow who have put into the treasury her last penny. Mark's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 41 through to 44. Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, As surely I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. Here we see the Lord Jesus, he was so impressed with this woman's faith and trust in God that he called his disciples together to tell them what he had seen. Here is an impoverished widow who has no husband, no other human being to provide for her, puts into the treasury all she had. How much did she have? The Bible says she had two mites. Maybe in today's terms would be two pennies. Jesus said, listen to what the Lord said. She put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. Isn't that amazing? In fact, Jesus said she gave to God her whole livelihood. What Jesus was referring to here was trust in God. She had more trust 
and she put in more trust and faith in God than all the rich guys who gave out from their abundance. You see, the Lord Jesus was gauging or measuring the people's faith and trust by what they gave. And she saw, he saw this poor widow, she had so much faith in God, she believed that God was her provider, not what she had in her hands. So she invested everything into the kingdom of God. You see here, here is the lesson. She did not lean on her own understanding or intelligence, trying to save what she had, but gave it all in the kingdom of God because her trust was fully in God and not in her savings. Very important. One of the primary areas our faith, I believe, is tested and tried is in the area of our giving to the Lord. If we cannot trust the Lord with our finances and give to him what he requires from us, how then are we able to trust him with much greater things? Listen to what Jesus said in Luke's gospel, chapter 16 and verse 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Jesus said something very profound here. Jesus said that trusting God with our money is least. I mean, that is, that is a little thing. He called it the least. And if we can't trust him with what is least, in other words, with our money, how can we trust him with much greater things? Well, any time I believe we choose to place our trust in anything or anyone else besides the Lord, we are leaning on our own understanding and it will always lead us away from the Lord. Our own understanding and our natural intelligence, I believe, is the greatest thief of the blessings of God. This is the very reason we need spiritual intelligence and spiritual understanding. That's why Paul, in praying for the church in Colossae, he prays that God would fill the believers with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom, he says, and spiritual understanding. We need to understand that there is natural understanding and there is spiritual understanding. And what we need is spiritual understanding. And the reason uh, uh, we, we need spiritual understanding is so that we can cooperate with our faith and our obedience to God. As long as we continue to lean on natural understanding, we will never really see God's supernatural ability working on our behalf. We're going to continue to live on a natural level and continue to struggle with worry, with fear, with anxiety, with sickness and disease and poverty and lack, just as the rest of the world who do not believe God. 
There has to come a time in our lives where we make the decision, a quality decision from where there is no return, that we will obey God and trust the Lord with all of our heart and stop leaning on our own understanding. We see countless of people throughout the Bible. They were miraculously healed, delivered by fully trusting in the Lord and not leaning unto their own understanding. What God did for them, I believe he will do for you today, for me, for anyone who is courageous enough to put his trust in God if we follow through with actions of faith. Here is one more example as I conclude of trusting the Lord with all of our hearts and not leaning on our own understanding. Peter, the fisherman, the apostle Peter, before he became an apostle, is having a hard time in his fishing business. So let's pick up the story from Luke's Gospel, chapter 5, verse 4. And when, Pe when Jesus stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets, plural, for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, singular. Pay attention to this. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and the net was breaking. Here you see Peter is a fisherman for many years. His experience and natural understanding rose up and argued with the Lord and tried to dissuade him from obeying the Lord by saying, Lord, we fished all night. And if we didn't catch anything at night, surely we're not going to catch anything in the day. You see, Peter's experience as a fisherman uh, told him there's no use letting down your net during the day. It's a waste of time and energy. But in the struggle between his understanding and the words of Jesus, Peter chose to ignore and reject his own understanding by following through and obeying the word of the Lord. Because he said, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, singular. Notice that Jesus instructed him to let down the nets, plural, not net, singular. You see here, Peter stumbled at the word of the Lord and he only let down one net as opposed to the nets, plural, and as a result it broke because of the abundance of fish he caught. You see here, Peter partially obeyed the Lord, not fully. He lost some of the catch, of course, because he partially obeyed the Lord and not fully. And that's what we do at times. We partially obey, and therefore we receive a partial blessing instead of the fullness of the blessing of God. Now let me ask you a question. In which areas of your life are you allowing your natural understanding to stop you from trusting in the Lord fully and following through with actions of obedience? Let's start with what Jesus called the least. Many who profess faith in God find it difficult to tithe 
and even and above that to give offerings. They struggle. They are allowing their own understanding to govern their actions by withholding what rightfully belongs to the Lord. The reason being, of course, is that the trust, many times the trust we have is in mammon and in money, and we believe that God cannot come through for us. So what do we do? We hold back. And that is, you see, the principle of the tithe has never been an issue of money. It's always been an issue of trust in the Lord our God, who is our provider. You see, I believe with all of my heart that God introduced the principle of the tithe in order to break the power of mammon over our lives. The tithe, as I said, has never been an issue of money, but rather an issue of trust and faith in God who promises to be our provider. Anyone who places his faith in what money can do, the scripture says, will pierce themselves with many sorrows according to the word of God. And I want you to look at a verse of scripture from 1 Timothy chapter 6. Verses 9 and 10. First Timothy chapter 6, 9 and 10, Paul writing to Timothy says these things. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in the greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. He didn't say money is the root of all evil. He said the love of it. God is not against us having money. The, the Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes us rich, wealthy, and it adds no sorrow to it. But the Lord is against money having us and controlling us rather than us stewarding what God has blessed us with. Love for money and faith in what money can do will always cause us to go astray from our faith in God. And eventually, as the Bible says, we end up piercing ourselves with many sorrows. But the blessing, here's the good news, the blessing that comes through faith and trust in God makes us wealthy and it adds no sorrow to it. Praise God forevermore. Our obedience to God's word will release the blessing. And that's what activates the blessing in our lives, whether it's, it's a spiritual blessing, material blessing, financial blessing, relational blessing, it, it is our obedience to what God said that releases and activates the blessing. And when the blessing is activated, our life will never be the same again. And so I want to encourage you today. You see, many of us say we believe, but we still fear. We live many days in fear. We go to bed at night and we are anxious. We are worried. 
we stress. Uh, any little thing disturbs us and shakes us. And I want to encourage you today to trust God. Trust Him fully. He says He loves you more than anything else. We need to come to that place where we find our rest in God. The Bible speaks about there remains a rest for the people of God. And we are to diligently strive to enter into that rest where no matter what goes on around us, our faith and our trust is in God and in God alone. Not in the politicians, not in the government, not in the circumstances, and not in our bank account, but in the living God who gives us richly, the Bible says, all things to enjoy. Can we say amen to that? I don't know about you, but I've preached myself happy today, both morning <laughs> and evening. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you for the word of the living God. Thank you that you loved us so much that you send your only begotten son, that those who believe and trust in him fully will never perish but have everlasting life. Your word furthermore declares that you sent your word and healed us and delivered us from our destructions. Father, we are so grateful for the living word of God. Lord, teach us to obey, to trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this message. For additional resources or more information about this ministry, come and visit us at alphaomegaint.org.za.